should have all of you re-blocked. Welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Gertis Revolutionary Mike Russo. And like we said last week, Will is not here today. He is over at Pentacon, living it up, getting things autographed, meeting some celebrities. So with me today is a return guest. We have seen him many, many times. He is back. It's the great Bill Udesky. Welcome back, Bill. Hello, you impious husk snatchers. Aha. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, it's great to, to talk to you again. I, I know uh, uh, we're missing out on Will this week, but um, I was uh, honored to get the call to, to be a part of the podcast one more time. Well, good to have you on. Glad to have you, like you said, one more time. Since we're wrapping things up, it's good to have your opinion on these last batch of Darkwing Duck episodes. For sure, for sure. Now, um, uh, you know, we were talking about um, – uh, this before we started recording, but um, I wasn't really uh, um, too aware of the uh, ABC episodes when they were first coming out. And uh, when you told me about doing this particular one, I, I can't, I'll be honest, I don't really remember it as it aired, but um, I'm pretty sure, you know, thanks to the internet and uh, well, especially thanks to Disney Plus now, I've been able to rekindle my uh, uh uh my awareness of of this particular episode so um i hope i i do it justice well before we talk about the episode um what is your opinion on abc season two uh it's it's pretty good i mean i i i'm aware of what they did uh early on uh to you know i guess uh uh pluck out some episodes that they were fond of um it does have its uh its its ups and downs too i, I know that you know some of the episodes toward the, the latter end of the of the uh of the production you know didn't quite get the tender loving care that the, the rest of the series did but um you know it, it has its moments do you have any particular favorites out of curiosity Ooh. um I, I probably would say um, I'm kind of like Stan. I, I did enjoy Steerminator. I thought that's, that was a good one. That's the biggie. Yeah, that is a biggie. And then another one of my favorites, um, I think it's, I don't know if it's the series finale or not, but um, Malice's Restaurant. That because, was second to last to air, uh, last by production number. Yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed that because it it had uh, much more um, Morgana with the Muddlefutts. Um, and it was, um, it was, it was entertaining. I, 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 I probably, if that, yeah, if I'd pick one of the, uh, second season ABC episodes or yeah, ABC episodes, it would be that one. Yeah. That's a good one. Last episode with Negaduck too, but we have a few weeks. So we get to that one. Sure. Um, so today we're talking about the episode, which I think wins the award for the longest Darkwing Duck title. I think it might be longer than life, the Negaverse and everything. It's definitely a mouthful. Uh, this one's called The Revenge of the Return of the Brain Teasers 2. That's two spelt T-O-O, not the number two. And the title ends in an exclamation point. Um, what a title, huh? There, there's a lot of, uh, it almost seems very Star Warsian in a way. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of meant to invoke long, like, sci-fi or horror movie titles. Mm-hmm. Probably the kind of stuff like, tadstones would have watched growing up movies with titles like the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies which is an actual movie title wow Um, that's 
<laughs> yeah, I know about that from Mystery Science Theater, but long titles like that, this has to be a parody of this kind of thing. Um, so this is the episode where the alien hats come back. Um, before we get any deeper, what do you think of the original uh, Battle of the Brain Teasers episode, Bill? Uh, I mean, I, I think it was uh, pretty enjoyable. I thought it was uh, fairly well done, um, not just from a, uh, a writer's standpoint, but animation-wise, um, I enjoyed it because I believe, um, and uh, I forget the studio again, uh, who, who originally did that particular episode again? Disney Australia. Yeah, Australia. So there you go. I mean, they they knew how to really capture uh, the gritty style that that was appropriate for that, especially since it was kind of like how you said, like a ripoff of a uh, a B B movie from like you know the 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 40s, 50s, and 60s, um, and uh, it it was appropriate uh, the style and and the whole you know uh, premise. I thought it worked pretty well, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, it was a really early one. It was meant to introduce us to Honker's family, even though it didn't air early enough to actually do that. But you're right. The Australia animation gives gives it this gritty look that I always appreciate. It definitely feels very 1950s sci-fi. And it's got pretty pretty high stakes because Flarg wants to annihilate the planet with its own nuclear weapons. So that's that's got some weight. This return episode kind of drops all of that and in my opinion is going for something a little bit more like a screwball comedy yes <laughs> um our villains now act more like the three stooges than they do leg legitimate threats well, a sure. lot of the episode paints honker as a hero even though he has very little to do that is all of it almost all of it takes place in broad daylight too yeah yeah and that that really doesn't kind of pose any particular threat um and then also uh i find it somewhat funny how they try to shoe in a moral into this story in fact you kind of forget about the moral uh like not even a third of the way through the uh through the story so that's that's always a a, a bit of a conflict yeah, and like a lot of episodes this season, it ditches atmosphere and good animation for lots of dialogue. Um, yes. The characters don't stop talking. And, I mean, a lot of it takes place either in suburbia or up on the bridge. And I've noticed these season two episodes spend a lot of time in the hideout. I mean, there's a whole set piece. The entire second act is all up in the hideout. Right. Um. But to its credit, it is trying to be a screwball comedy. It's not trying to be a spoof. And there are times where the comedy does work. For sure. And it's enjoyable for what it is. It's you know nowhere near my favorite episode. And it's not going to touch the original brain teasers. But it's fun. It's got its moments. Sure. And uh, it's it always, always is enjoyable to see... Um uh the voice actors uh, uh uh stretch their their legs a little bit with all these uh crazy lines and and the gags that they have to play toward um and um we'll we'll also have to point out how uh one of the regulars gets to um you know try out a new voice and uh I won't say who until we get there <laughs> right okay 
So this one aired Saturday because, of course, they're all aired on Saturday, September 26, 1992. It was 79th by production number, which makes it the first one by a production number, at least of this season. Our story editor was Gordon Bresick. We have talked about him before. Um, This is his second episode of story editor and his last episode of story editor. Um, The writer is somebody brand new. His name is um, Charles M. Howell IV. That's a, that's a mouthful. Um, yeah. uh, or you can just call him Charlie Howell. He was born in 1956. He was an animation writer, solely animation writer. Uh, he started over at WB because, of course, he did. Not WB, Hanna-Barbera. Because, right. of course, he did. Working on Scooby-Doo, Jetsons, Smurfs, Snorks, all that stuff. Uh, Darkwing was his only Disney show of this era, so this kind of stands out. The only thing he's done for this era of Disney. Um, he gets the characters all right, nothing special. Um, but he's most well-known for his WB work, which a lot of it he did alongside Gordon Bresick. They were writing partners. Sure. Um, he worked on Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, Pinky Elmira and the Brain, um, a lot of stuff. This is pretty much what he's most well known for. His most recent writing credit, speaking of those Warner Brothers shows, was as a writer on The 7D, that Disney show about the uh, Seven Dwarfs, which was produced by Tom Ruger. So there's your Warner connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Gordon Bresick passed away not too long ago. Um, Charles Howell's still alive. I don't know if he's still busy, but The 7D was his last writing credit, and that show's been over for a little bit. Um, Animation-wise, we're back with Han Ho Hwang up again. Um, Bill, did you notice anything interesting about the animation this time? Uh, Nothing that really kind of spoke out to me. Uh, If I would maybe pick out a couple spots, um, it might have been with uh, some... uh, There's a scene that uh, happens with some animals uh, and the the hats. and uh, I think there was a couple times where uh, uh, DW, um, when he is, um, I guess, linked onto by one of the hats, uh, actually numerous times, his reactions were probably, you know, it's typical uh, uh, DW, you know, that crazed look. Um, but that was pretty much it. Yeah, the animation on this one really does go through the motions. Uh, nothing really all that clever or interesting. No fun use of shadows, no fun colors, no cool backgrounds. It really does. Again, it all takes place at daytime, so it, it, a lot of it's in the backyard. Um, but you did mention Darkwing, and if there's one thing Han Ho was really good at, it was keeping Darkwing on model. Like, no matter how the other characters look, this is their first Honker episode, Hanho. He doesn't look all that great, but Darkwing looks fantastic. Like, Hanho had a really great knack of keeping him on model, and all his expressions, especially when he has the hat on him later in the episode, are really great. Like, Darkwing, for some reason, most of the studios just got down. I mean, you got to get your main character down. Right. Um, Despite the fact that he's the least interesting character in the entire episode. (laughs) <laughs> like, straight out. If Darkwing wasn't in this episode, it wouldn't change a bit. It might as well be called The Honker Show. It might as well be called The Honker Show. Um, and Huh? I'm Foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of which, let's start discussing the plot. Sure. Uh, Bill, why don't you start? 
All right. Well, we get a uh, city-escaped uh, pan uh, down into, I guess, the St. Canard Stadium, where the Fighting Fowls are uh, uh, playing a game. It's the bottom of the ninth, and old Hamelin Hank Muddlefoot or Honk Muddlefoot comes up to the plate. And this isn't really happening, though. <laughs> I mean, doesn't Unfortunately. he hit a home run? Uh, yeah, he wins the game. Yeah, he does hit a home run. He wins the game. Um, I noticed amongst all the chanting, honker, honker, the voice is unmistakably Rob Paulson. So you know right off the bat he's in this episode. Right. Um, I mean, if you didn't already know the alien hats were in it, you'd, you'd probably get some indication who might be in this episode, just hearing Rob. Uh, honker wakes up. It turns out he was hit with the baseball because <laughs> they're playing ball in the house because, of course, they're playing ball in the house. Sure. Uh, Honker's trying out for Little League. Goslin's trying to coach him. It's not going well. And I do like Drake shows up, you know, tries to encourage Honker by telling him, you know, you're the smartest kid I know. Honker has a really great line. He goes, but I'm tired of being smart, Mr. BDW. I want to be like you. <laughs> and and Darkwing, wait a minute. Hey. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Uh, so what happens next? Uh, so um, let's see. Uh, I know that um, uh, I guess uh, Honker gets a little depressed and he uh, um, heads on out the door. Um, he just says he wants to be looked up to. And uh, so we turns cut out. to. I'm sorry. I says turns out someone yeah. does look up to him. That is true. We uh, we cut to uh, an inter intergalactic city. Uh, where uh, there's a television show going on. Uh, very uh, Jim Henson-esque puppet show is uh, playing out, and it's the, the, the show is called Honker, and it shows the, uh, uh, the fight that, uh, uh, or the battle that he won against the... Uh, the mighty the, Flarg. Yeah. The Flarg, yes. <laughs> Did you catch the name of the planet? Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't <laughs> planet, think I... Planet Fez. Fez, that's it. Yes, that's and that was all the built. We catch a we catch a glimpse of the buildings. They all have hats on them. And Planet Fez is shaped like a cork, which I don't get the relevance of that because that's not hat related at all. So I don't know what I'm missing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, maybe it would. I don't know. Maybe that cork shape is supposed to look like a fez. Maybe. Actually, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Honker is becoming a hero to everyone on planet Fez for defeating Flarg. He has a TV show, he has a comic book, he has a movie. Uh, but now we meet our villains who are not happy about this. Um, so of course it's Flarg, Barada, and Nikto. Again, Flarg is Rob Paulson. Uh, Barada is Jim. IMDB credits um, Rob Paulson as Barada. I know that's Jim. Because he sounds exactly like Bushwhacker Bob from Tasmania. Doing yeah. the exact same voice that Jim did on that show. Right. And IMDB lists for these two episodes Frank Welker as Nikto. That's definitely Richard Curran. Yeah, like, Richard Curran Car because he did um, uh, what the, the, uh, the studio owner from... A.F. Eric. Yeah. Yeah, AF Era. That was it. Exact same voice. Disney used him for other characters in later shows like Timon and Pumbaa. You know Richard Karen's voice. He sounds like this. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's he's Nikto. It's not Frank Welker. So I don't know. Frank Welker is in this episode, but he's not playing Nikto. Um yeah, so TV needs to do a little editing on their uh, their listing there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad like right away I didn't even have to say anything. You knew that was Richard Karen. Um, so the so the hats are on plastic robots. That's how they're alive. That's how they're able to talk. They hate being in prison. Flog has a plan to discredit Honker and ruin his cult of personality. And we meet our fourth villain. Who is this, Bill? The fourth uh, villain is Talea, and it's a like a woman's uh, uh, like I guess you know fancy hat. Who's voicing Talea? That's Susan Tolsky, uh, also the voice of Binky. And in a very extreme Zsa Zsa Gabor kind of voice, she's always going, excuse me, darling, and stuff like that. Um, yep. Very clear. Yep. Very... Yeah, very Eastern European. I also think of um, uh, Frau Blucher from uh, uh, Young Frankenstein. Uh, of right. course, Leishman did that. <laughs> I wonder if that's a reference at all. It might be. <laughs> so this is very clever. Uh, they escape by baking a file with a cake inside that they throw at the guards. Which makes sense because these hats eat metal, so of course they would eat the file and you would put the cake inside. That's clever. Yep, yep. But it is very uh, uh, Beagle Boy-esque, for sure. Yes, it definitely gave me my Beagle, Beagle Boy vibes. Absolutely. Yeah, and also, real quick, since we're on the DuckTales uh, uh, vibe here, I just want to point out that the robots that the hats are attached to, they are very similar to the robots uh, in in the episode in the Super DuckTales uh, five-parter at the end uh, that um, right. Fenton is, uh, 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 you know, in conflict with. But they just give me that vibe. I don't know if it, it did for you. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. They mm -hmm. definitely have that same overall aesthetic as a lot of these robots of these Disney shows. Sure. So, okay, so we go back to Earth. The bad guys escape. We're back at Earth, and the kids are at the Muddlefoot house. You know, Honker's kind of wallowing in his self-pity. Uh, Binky shows up, you know, just being Binky, offering them cake and lemonade, you know, being a good mom. She's a better mom when Tank is gone, isn't she? Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, we, and we see Herb, you know, it's nice to have Herb and Binky in ABC season two, they don't appear a lot, but they're in it. Um, right. Herb spends the entire episode worrying about what? Uh, his hair. <laughs> yeah, he's balding. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell considering his design doesn't have hair. But um, he's worrying about his bald spot, and he spends literally the entire episode in front of this one mirror in the front hallway. That's yeah. Herb's role in this episode. Um, so he's he has a one-track mind. The kids go to play baseball. He tells them to go bat their bald spots. <laughs> which i think is just a great line yeah yeah oh and he also i just want to point this out he refers to them as yin's kids and that's uh pittsburgh uh, dialect uh or uh um um ohio uh, uh dialect coming from uh jim right there uh since he's a youngstown uh uh born person i can listen to jim talking herb's voice all day long it is great andy divine his voice is awesome yeah so mm -hmm. the kids in Launchpad go outside to play some baseball. The aliens land nearby, and they inhabit the bodies of three dogs and a cat. Uh, Flar gets cats. the cat. Mm -hmm. uh, and the cat is – no, the dachshund that Barat is inhabiting is wearing a little, little cute little uh, sweater. 
Right. <laughs> and yeah, so Flarg is in the cat, and this is their plan basically. They brought along the parts to an intergalactic intergalactic harmonizer, which is designed at the push of a button to cause chaos all over the planet, tidal waves, earthquakes, static clang, because it's Darkwing Duck and it has to be ridiculous. Right. And his plan is to make Honker push the button to totally discredit him and ruin his cult of personality. He's really upset about that. Um, no one can be as narcissistic as Flark. Sure. <laughs> um, so, of course, the hats have to get on the actual characters here. They have to get on the off the pets. Launchpad takes off his flight cap to cheer Honker on. He's bald again. Yes, it's so weird. <laughs> the animators can't make up their mind if Launchpad has hair or not. But I guess since he didn't have hair in the first brain teaser, he doesn't have hair in this one. Sure. Um, so Nikto gets Launchpad again. Not too much originality. I would like it if they switched characters a bit. Luckily, they do. But Nikto gets Launchpad. That that works. They capture Honker. So Barada gets Honker. Barada's on Honker, yeah. And when Barada jumps off the dog, the dog starts to chase Flarg because he's on the cat. <laughs> so Flarg can't quite do much right now because he's being chased by the dog. Mm-hmm. I got to say, Rob Paulson is, does such a great job having it up as Flarg. He's just so funny. It's funny you say that because I was just uh, – I, I have written here his voiceover delivery is just awesome. It's just pure unadulterated mayhem and it's fantastic <laughs> especially when he's laughing and he turns to see the dog and his laugh turns into a bit of a whimper and, uh-huh. he, and he runs he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> and then of course uh that's uh frank welker doing uh the dog and i think uh, uh i don't know if the cats get the, the hats removed from them but i'm sure frank's doing all the animal voices frank does all the animals of course he does that's frank yeah. that's what frank does um, so Goslin returns, sees Launchpad and Honker with the hats on their head, uh, realizes immediately what's going on because she should realize it. And even smarter, she immediately goes to the Pepper idea <laughs> because it, she says, Pepper, got to get Pepper. It worked last time. Smart. You know, uh, it would be worse if she never thought of it. I'd be like, come on, you'd be a better writer than that. <laughs> right. <laughs> She runs into Binky, who gets taken over by Flarg. And I love this because Binky never gets the kind of facial expression she gets when Flarg's on her head. Yes. Like, it kind of, a big point in this episode's favor is it's really heavy on Binky, but Binky as Flarg. And we get to see Binky bossing people around and making pratfalls, and it's really great. Like, I'm glad they went in that direction. Yeah, I, I enjoy I, I enjoyed her expressions all throughout this episode. Very and, uh, very funny. And Flarg makes a comment on her lack of brains. Uh, Goslin runs into the house to find Herb trying on wigs. Um, <laughs> Herb asks Goslin what she thinks. Goslin screams. <laughs> he goes, "You could have just said no." <laughs> uh, she tries the pepper, doesn't work because they put clothespins on their beaks because they were prepared. She goes to Drake, uh, forces him against the window. That one shot shows up in the ABC season two intro. Just this one shot from this episode. Uh, So Darkwing sees the alien hats. He gets what's going on right away. So the two of them go to the bridge. What happens up at the bridge, Bill? Well, uh, they they get up there and uh, they're they're trying to prepare for the the alien invasion and... uh, Darkwing's getting geared up. He's he's ready. He he makes his his intro, 
Uh, I am the terror that flaps the night. I am the pebble in the shoe of ignominy. Igno- <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so he reaches for his hat, doesn't realize uh, Talay is there because she was told to get back to the ship. So she somehow ended up on the bridge. He grabs Talea, puts it on. So right after he says the first line, he goes, I am the queen of the galaxy. <laughs> and Goslin looks at the audience and goes, gee, that's a new one. Yes. I laugh at that every time. I, I don't, this isn't a favorite episode of mine, but this is like, in terms of just gags, this is like in my top 20 at least. Yes. Great. So Darkwing, who's done nothing yet in the episode, is now basically acting like a woman the entire way. And it's just really funny. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Flarg's uh, love interest, of course. Yeah, because when Flarg, Barada, and Nikto come, come over to the bridge, basically Binky and DW almost go at it because, the, because Flarg and Talea are like, they're turned on by each other. And it's <laughs> so funny to see Binky like about to like, it's, it's just great. It really is funny. It's, right. it's a sight you never see. <laughs> so they got to put together the harmon the harmonizer um but they had there's one missing piece the sonic instigator which turns out to be an ordinary kazoo yes so flark sends to to get one sends her off in the thunder quack so now we spend pretty much the next entire act up on the bridge with goslin just trying to trick everybody to get the hats off her friend's heads how right. does she do that uh, she finds a, a bowler hat similar to uh, Flarg, and she puts some eyes on it and attempts to trick the rest of them into believing that she is Flarg. Yeah, luckily Nikto's as stupid as Launchpad is, so he <laughs> immediately has no idea. Like, he thinks this is Flarg. He, he it totally gets it. He's, he's like, but you just told me to do this. You told me to do that. <laughs> and Goslin's doing a really funny job imitating Flarg. Now, Christine Kavanaugh is... It's it's a bad imitation, but it is funny. Mm-hmm. Barada gets she's trying, yeah, I was gonna say she's trying to like get some uh, techno jargon out, but it's it's not as uh, as convincing. <laughs> she stumbles with it, yeah. Right. Barada gets nosy. Um, she manages to wrestle him out of out of sight of Nikto, peppers him, and Barada spends the rest of the episode without without not on a character's head. Like Barada's done pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um. So Honker's back to normal. She sends Honker to go to the rat catcher. And she wants to, she tries this again, which doesn't work because Flarg's right behind her. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that happens. She fails pretty, she fails big time. Um, so she runs. Flarg runs into the door <laughs> and says to Nikto, won't you watch where you're going? <laughs> and Nick goes like, what do they do? What do they do? <laughs> uh, so the kids take the rat catcher. Goslin's mad because Honker hasn't started it. And Honker's like, I don't know how to drive. Right. I'm just a kid. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just a kid. So we cut to the music shop where Talea is trying to buy a kazoo. What happens to, What happens over at the music shop, Bill? Uh, well, uh, she tries to buy a kazoo and um, she try. Uh, she she receives the kazoo from the uh, the shop owner who is uh, incidentally voiced by Frank Welker. Um, and uh, she takes a, a bite of it um, because it's metal. And she says that it's, it's the most uh, uh, impressive metal she's ever had, but for whatever reason, it gives her hiccups 
and she keeps popping off of uh, Darkwing's head. This is where the Hanho animation on Darkwing is really good. Yes. Like the, the like the faces he makes when he's Darkwing and the faces he makes when he's Talea are just really really funny. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> she keeps hiccuping and she's like, excuse me, darling, and it's just, it's really great. The drawings of Darkwing are really funny. Um, he also sells Talea a pair of um trick handcuffs. Yes. Which come back later. Um, so she buys a she buys a dozen kazoos so she can eat them on the road. <laughs> um, and then all the other characters show up: Goslin and Honker, Flarg, Barada, and Nikto. Although Barada's not, I mean, he's with them, but he's not on anybody's head. Uh-huh. So there's a fight on there's a fight in the joke shop. Talea lands on some whoopee cushions. Uh, she says again, "Excuse me, darling." Um, but you know the fight doesn't last too long because Flarg handcuffs Goslin and Honker together. And takes them back to the Mallard House. Mm-hmm. What happens there? So once they get to the Mallard House, um, uh, by the way, it's interesting to see uh, Binky coming in on the uh, spinning chair. That's really um, interesting. That is, yeah, it's just a very odd uh, uh, <laughs> scene to see. But uh, yeah, they're, they're handcuffed to the stair stairway, and um, uh, you know, again, uh, um, uh, Talata, uh, excuse me, she's. Uh, uh, keep uh, she keeps uh, eating the kazoo, uh, she keeps hiccuping, um, and uh, uh, Honker and, and Goslin escape. Yeah, because she handcuffs them to the stairwell, mm-hmm. um, but they realize Honker realizes, hey, these are just fake handcuffs. Right. Um, so they they do escape because Flark's trying to get this uh, weapon together, and you know they need time to do that. So they chase the kids back into the Muddlefoot house. And we get a little bit more Herb. Tell us, like, tell us everything that happens with Herb in this next scene. Well, Herb uh, is uh, still trying to find uh, uh, something to do with his hair. Um, uh, he finds that he uh, 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 that hair tonic uh, should cure that pesky bald spot of his. <laughs> From the Feather Club for Men. Yes. <laughs> for our younger listeners, they used to be, you know, a company, a service called the Hair Club for Men which would sell you a product that should grow hair back. I don't know if it was ever effective. I don't even know if that company's still around. But that's what Herb is referencing. There you go. Yep. So go on. What happens now? What happens with Herb? So uh, he gets uh, pushed over, or he gets uh, passed by by uh, Binky and Darkwing, uh, uh, Flarg, and um, was that Nikto? Or, uh, no, that was a Barada. Um, and uh, he's... He's insulted by Binky, but he just says, well, you know, why didn't you say so? You know, um, but uh, they're about to capture Goslin and Honker again. But uh, apparently Honker, uh, well, as, as they're getting ready to, to set Honker up with the um, the sonic instigator um, or yeah, the, um, the intergalactic harmonizer, uh, apparently they they can't put. Barada on his head because he must have swiped some of Herb's hair tonic, which keeps the hats off of their heads. Yeah, don't don't forget, Herb has one last scene. He walks oh. in and asks Binky if dinner's ready. Yeah, yeah. Totally oblivious that these all these characters are wearing hats and trying to attack Goslin Honker, but he's just asking Binky, who's wearing a who's wearing a bowler hat. Like he doesn't even question it. He asks her if dinner's ready. Binky, uh, Flarg, of course, tells him no. 
And Herb is like, well, why didn't you tell me? I'll just go get a couple of pizzas. And he <laughs> walks out of the house, sees Launchpad with Nick Doe on his head, walk past. He's like, oh, hi, Launchpad, Goslin's inside. And Herb is gone. He exits the episode. None the wiser of anything that's going on. Yeah, and I, I just completely uh, forgot that, well, aside from all that, um, he doesn't even question why Darkwing's there and why Drake isn't. It's just not at just all. Any- you think he, you think he'd see Darkwing and say, "Hey, it's my best friend. I've seen him once in person." <laughs> uh, he doesn't. Not at all. Yeah, no um, acknowledgement whatsoever. So you were saying, yeah, Barada can't jump on Honker's head because what did Honker do? He put the hair tonic on on his head and they slide off. So he gives some to uh, uh, Goslin and 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 DW. And, yeah, uh, when, Tele- when Talea hiccups, he has just enough time to squirt it on Darkwing's head, and she yes. falls off. And just when Darkwing is about to actually do something productive, the episode pretty much does what the first Brain Teasers episode does. What does it do? Uh, uh, the the spaceship that's shaped like a, a hat rack uh, comes down once again, uh, basically... Uh, with their uh, police squad of robots and, and the uh, leader of the Gerdes revolutionaries, Klaatu too, who is it named here, who is it named here, but was named in the last episode. And I believe he's being played by Rob again. That is Rob. Once again, he has a much more flowy, more airy voice. Yeah. Very regal. Right. So yeah, the Gerdes revolutionaries show up again and save the day. This time, Darkwing. Last time, Darkwing was like, ah, it weren't nothing. This time, he's complaining. <laughs> They're hogging the glory. Um, well, of course. You know, I noticed there are two instances of the alien hats talking with an out on somebody's head. Yeah, yeah, and I, I thought they needed some sort of host to do that, but uh, I guess they just shoehorned that in there. Because as they're locking Flarg in a metal hat box, he's saying, you know, I'll be back. But he's he isn't on a host. And when Barada falls off Honker, he talks, too. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it was an animation mistake or a writing mistake, but that was a, you know, I noticed that. Yeah. Um, so the aliens get taken away, but then all the intergalactic cops, they want Honker's autograph. And again, Darkwing thinks they want his autograph. Um, this is, I think this is funny. Like, it's just one little syllable from Jim. Darkwing thinks they want his autograph. All the cops rush past him so fast, they tie him in a knot. And all Darkwing says is, what? And he falls over. (laughs) (laughs) He does nothing in the whole, he does less in this one than he does in the first one. Right, Um, right. (laughs) And at least in the first one, he was playing Whiffle Boy. In this one, he does nothing. Um, so how does the episode wrap up, Bill? Uh, so all the uh, all the robots are getting uh, Honker's uh, autographs, um, and uh, Goslin uh, lets Honker know that he is a hero now after all. And that's it. I want to point out Battle of the Brain Teasers ended with an iris out on Honker with a piece of music, the one that goes do 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 do. This episode, Iris is out on Honker with the same piece of music. Yes. And I don't think that was intentional. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was just, uh, hey, this is the uh, the cue that we have that kind of wraps everything up. So let's just uh, throw that in there. Why not? But I will say this. 
I don't think Honker being called a hero at the end of this one is earned because in the first one, he does save the day by himself and is the main character. In this one, really, despite Honker's issues with joining Little League, Goslin's the main character. Goslin saves the day, really. And I don't feel like Honker does all that much to justify being treated as the hero when this one ends. I don't feel like it's Honker's show. Yeah, Goslin was uh, the one that pretty much did all the uh, the legwork, and he just, uh, you know, once once he had a, a, the hat off, um, uh, I guess he just, you know, took the glory at the end at the end there. <laughs> um, but it's just a shame too, because this is the last, the very last Honker episode. There are no more with him as one of the main characters. He's in the next two episodes as a supporting character. And then he's gone. So we don't get much. We get more Binky and Herb this season than we get of Honker. Wow. Um, We get more screen time with Honker, but we get more episodes with Herb and Binky. Um, So that said, we are done with Revenge of the Return of the Brain Teasers 2. Bill, how would you rate this episode? Out of five gas gun canisters, what would you give this? Uh, I'm probably going to be a little lenient on it but uh i'll give it a two and a half uh, out of five um it was middle of the road for me of course uh it was not as uh, up to uh the same quality of the original brain teasers episode but um it had its moments uh, of course there's like we said a lot of uh, uh screwball comedy a lot of antics but um i think uh like a lot of the um the actors they had some fun um with their dialogue that was it was definitely more dialogue heavy episode but um but yeah when you have voice actors like Jim Cummings, Rob Paulson, Richard Karen, Frank Welker, Christine Cavanaugh when you have those guys in your recording studio even wall to wall dialogue can still be amazing for sure, for sure. And K- Katie Lee, you got to give her uh, a lot of credit for oh you know, yeah all, all the uh, all the great honker dialogue for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean um, that that said, I mean you know animation was you know average at best. Um, the and writing this, yeah. was up and down, but yeah, it and was it, a middle of the road episode for me. Yeah, in terms of animation and writing, this is pretty much what we have to expect going forward. Yeah, um, really. You? I'm going to give it the same score you gave it, two and a half. That puts it dead average. Um, it's nowhere near as good as Brain Teaser. It doesn't have the atmosphere or the animation. Um, but it still is a fun screwball comedy. The jokes at work really work, like Darkwing's entrance turning into when he turns into Talea. The binky as Flark stuff is funny. Herb makes his scenes count. Really does. Even though he doesn't do much, he's funny. Um, but something, other things don't work. I wish the whole thing didn't take place in the daytime, except for the really very end. It feels like if you're going to do a sequel to an episode like Battle of the Brain Teasers, you got to try to at least try to equal it, if not top it. Right, right. And this one goes in a different, takes a different approach. And it's fine. It's not, it's not a bad episode by any means. I mean, it's Darkwing Duck, you know, it's, it's still fun. Sure. Um, but two and a half, it's not one I think anybody would rush back to watch after you watch it once. 
Um, so that's that one. Uh, next week's episode is titled um, Star Cross Circuits. Uh, it's what it's basically the story of what happens when Darkwing decides to depend on technology a little too much. Uh, as even more relevant today than it was in 1992. Funny enough. Um, <laughs> it's an episode that jokes around about machines that do all the work for you, but now our smartphones can lock our doors and start our cars. So that's kind <laughs> of crazy. Um, it's not one of my favorites, but it has its moments. I think it's interesting um, with a neat ending. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. Um, Star Cross Circuits next week. Will should be back. Uh, and Bill, I appreciate you stepping in for this one. I know Will is really busy. We have to get these episodes done. And it's just great to have you on again. I really enjoy doing these episodes with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's a pleasure. Uh, and if I don't see you guys again, I, I just want to thank you and, and, and Will for uh, uh, making this uh, um, the, you know, a, a pleasure for, for all us Darkwing fans. So, uh, again, thanks for uh, letting me be a part of it. Oh, no problem. And we have things planned once we're done with the 91 episodes to extend the podcast. So there will always be opportunities in the future for you to return. So looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. So there's still good times ahead for the St. Canard Files, which, as most of you should know by now, but for those of us who are just joining us for the very first time, we are on all major podcast apps. We are super lucky for that. We are on Stitcher, Spotify, Google, um, iTunes, um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. And we are also on YouTube. If you feel like watching us on YouTube, you can do that. If you're curious about the ABC Season 2 intro I mentioned that never ended up on the DVDs or on Toon Disney or on reruns entirely or on Disney+, Plus, we actually have that up on our YouTube page. You may have to do some digging, but it's there. And... I guess that brings us down to another one. Um, Bill, once again, thanks for being on. Sure. And to everybody listening, have a great day and stay dangerous. Take care, everybody. Now go run along and bat your bald spots. <laughs> Good night. Goodbye. <laughs>